friends, it is a special matinee edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio, he's Ben, and now I have a story about why we are on here so early. So, last night I'm upstairs in my studio. I'm watching Monday Night Raw. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I am, I apologize to you. <laughs> and and uh, as I'm sitting there, my phone goes off and I get a message from my intrepid co-host. And he has summoned me to the Batcave to inform me that we must record early because we have prior commitment. He had prior commitments and he is going to, uh, he's making other plans for later on this evening. So I said, well, what time would you like to record? He told me 2 p.m. To which my reaction was, holy obscure time slot, Batman. Yeah. It's, uh, always. Oh. Now, and now, Ben, can you explain yourself, please, why it is that we are here at 2 p.m.? Yes, I can. I'm so, I'm so glad you asked, and thank you for, uh, thank you for being agreeable to my very odd request considering that we've never done a two o'clock show um so my parents are out of town currently and uh which means that my brother has arrived to help me with the dogs and stuff like that it's hazard of being in a wheelchair but anyway um so we made plans to watch the new batman movie um because he hasn't seen it yet uh, the one with uh, Robert Pattinson and, um, oh, what is the girl's name? I can't think of it. She's absolutely gorgeous. But, it, but um, yeah, so we're going to watch that. And, um, but it's a three-hour movie. So if I, if I was trying to come on here at eight, that would give us absolutely no time to do the, to do the podcast and then watch the movie. So. I was like, all right, well, let me ask him. And here we are. Now, give me a minute here. Hold on. One more. Give me one moment here because I am checking something here for you. So you mean uh, the actress's name is Zoe Kravitz? Oh, is that Lenny Kravitz's daughter? Uh, so I'm guessing yes. Uh, oh shit! <laughs> which, which means uh, 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 this is this is breaking news. Does that mean she's Lisa Bonet's daughter? Uh, well, that's a good question. Holy shit! I'm uh, I'm just I'm, I'm having a moment live on the show. Holy yes, shit! She, she is a daughter. <laughs> Singer, actress Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet. Oh my God! No wonder she's so perfect. <laughs> What's going on? Well, no, I um, I one of, one of my first uh, childhood crushes was Lisa Bonet. Oh, okay. So um, now I watched a few movies. Uh, yeah. In the past few days, uh, I'm not going to go over every single one of them because uh, 
We are currently re-recording this show. We had technical difficulties. Early. Yes, and meanwhile, while we're on the air, I'm going to show you something funny. So my my headphones are currently plugged in, and this is how much extra wire I have. See, why must you do that if it's unnecessary? Why? <laughs> Look, go, go wireless. It's like so you can move around. Look, I can move around and talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll, have, you'll have to show me that feature. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the, the couple of movies I watched, I watched some of Dracula, which was stupid. I uh, only ever heard of it. Um, Dean Martin's Celebrity Roast. I only ever heard of it. I never actually saw it. Yeah. Where they roast a celebrity on every episode, and this one was just. The jokes were bad. They weren't funny. They it was just stupid. So I'm like, nope, I can't do this anymore. So I cut that out. I like anthology horror movies or horror shows. I watched this one called Gallery of Horror from 1967, and this was so bad that I had to go to IMDb to see the rating. Right. Ben. What? Three out of ten. Well, oh my god, that's worse than the rating we gave Monday Night Raw last week. How bad or, is Or No, I'm sorry, that was worse than the rating we gave uh, SmackDown last week. And I finished season three of The Incredible Hulk, which was a great season, but I I was surprised by how, how close uh, David Banner came to being discovered by that reporter. Well, there were so many close calls, and uh, between season one and three, I'm I'm surprised at how many characters uh, knew that David Banner was the Hulk, and they were only minor characters that you only saw in one episode. Yeah, that's that's always funny to me, but you know, it's like made for made for TV logic, I guess. Yeah, but it's just a, it's a great show. I'm on season four now. Like, how many? Sorry. How many seasons were there? Five. Oh, cool. Oh, here, here's another one. I don't know. You probably have heard of this one. Actually, two, two shows. Uh, one I might check out later. One I tried to, but I couldn't do it. Grace Under Fire. Have you heard of it? No, I have not. Okay. Um. I. Uh, I tried checking it out. I just I can't do it. It's just it's not a funny show. Maybe because I I wasn't watching it when it was on at the time, which was around ninety three into ninety eight. And uh, then the other one is Stood Rock from the Sun. Oh, um, I have heard of that, but I never actually watched it. Well, this one is available on Tubi. I'm going to give it a watch later on and see how it is. Because it's, it's weird, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You know, Elio, Elio always likes to include the, the movie segment of, of the show and, you know, talk about different TV shows. And we, and we bonded over our mutual appreciation for Everybody Loves Raymond and a couple other things. And he certainly appreciates it when I understand the Seinfeld reference, which my understanding of that show is few and far between. Um, I'm telling you, check out Kirby Enthusiasm. It's uh, a lot funnier. 
Well, I, I should definitely have to do that. But, um, you know, I, I've always considered myself kind of a movie guy, much more than TV. Um, but, but having said that, your knowledge of movies makes me feel very stupid. Like I have, I got like a forest, like a forest Gump level IQ when it comes to movies. Duh. Come on, stop it. Because <laughs> then I, then I give you movies to check out, then you can check them out, and then, then you know. Absolutely. All right. So, um, on this show we have for you Forbindor, Raw, the money. In the I'm bank. sorry. One <laughs> of the money in the bank predictions, and then Ben, I have a list for you. We have um, e- oh, every no. Hulk, every Hulk Hogan movie ranked from worst to best, which I can I can think of one that is the best. Because they're they're all horrible. At least the, at least the ones that I, at least yeah, the ones yeah. that I saw. And of course, we have the Hell in a Cell uh, tournament, which I was going to save till Saturday, but I don't see these numbers changing. And um, we have our final two. And we have Time Warp. We have three Time Warps. We have oh, a, cool. su- a Super Show. Um, we have the Mid South episode. Um, so we can find out what happened at the end of that Ted DiBiase match. Absolutely. And. I told you this um, the other day. I started watching Monday Night Raw between last Thursday and Saturday. I watched 10, 10 hours of Raw. And being that next year is 2023, 30 years of Raw, I thought we'd take a look back at the, at the beginning of Raw. When it, and uh, starting with episode one. Well, that sounds like a fantastic idea, especially now that the 30th anniversary is coming up in 2023. Um, and then, re- real quick, ladies and gentlemen, I just saw something. Before we um, before we get on with the program here, we have a programming note of sorts. Um, the latest episode of Wrestling POV, which I was a guest on, thanks to my co-host, is 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 now available? I just checked. It was. Oh, is it? Is it okay? Good. Yeah. Uh, fans were actually uh, messaging uh, us over on Wrestling QV asking where the yeah, the episode was because they thought that we didn't record one this week, last week. So that's good to know. I can check it out myself. Yeah, I I haven't I haven't been able to check it out yet, but it's um. But it, you know, I had so much fun. It, but it's it's weird. It was weird in a good way. But it's because it, I'm so used to doing this show. But it's like it'll be weird to hear my voice on another show. <laughs> you know, I, I just yeah. find that weird. But if you uh, if you um, haven't gotten enough uh, PNC Progression Wrestling podcast. Uh, Elio and I are over on episode, I believe it was 328, I think. Of, 329, let me check. I believe it was one of the two. I want to say it's 329, uh, but let me just make sure here. As I pull up Spotify. And it is... 
in fact, 329. Cool. Yes. All right. So, uh, and of course, we, we round uh, the show out with wrestling roulette, as we do each week. Okay, cool. However, but, uh, we see we get into, we uh, kick down the forbidden door. How awesome was this show? This was so much fun. I can't. I, there are no low points on this show. It, this show was so fun from top to bottom. Yeah, and, and, you know, I I talked about how I was coming in blind because I'm so unfamiliar with NJPW. I know, blasphemy, considering I'm a 30 year oh, wrestling fan. Well, but oh, Ben, wait, wait till we get into the G1 climax. Like I said, you don't have to follow along because it can get it can be exhausting, but. I'm gonna. I'll give you the results, and uh, if I find a match that I thought was pretty good, I'll just send a link to you. Absolutely. But yeah, that's gonna be fun. So um, let me let me ask you. Since we had uh, technical if difficulties, um, do you wanna do you wanna take the lead on NJPW? That way you can get your thoughts in as well as mine, and I, it's not like yeah. a monologue. Yeah, yeah forbidden door. Cool. All right, let me just pull up my notes here. All right, so Forbidden Door took place on Sunday, June 26th from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. Now, I didn't get to watch the buy-in, so I don't know. I only know the results. So I I actually did. I watched the buy-in. I'm not, I don't understand what Bishmon is. Uh, the team name. I don't get that. It's the team name. It's weird. I, I didn't either. I don't, I don't know what it means, and they didn't really explain it. So Anyway, okay, but um, I have to ask you, what do you think of Yoshihashi? Now, Yoshihashi, um, you know who Goto is, right? Hiroki Goto. Yes. You've seen him, right? Uh, yes. But, um, okay, but... The other guy, Yoshihashi. What do you think about the other guy? I was um, I was impressed. This was my first time seeing him. Okay. I was um, I didn't have any complaints. Okay, because I'm going to tell you why I'm asking. Because when we when I started watching JPW, he used to be the my least favorite. This guy was like terrible in the ring. His his wrestling was not good at all. So I have seen him improve though. Yeah, well, well, he um, he definitely did because I didn't have any complaints about it. All right. Um, next we had uh, Lance Archer defeating Nick Camarado. You know, um, I'm not really sure what the point of of this match is. And um, because. To me, Lance Archer should have been on the main card, first of all, because, because of his um, NJPW history and, and because he's a legit badass big man um, who can actually wrestle and move and, and do a lot of things. Um, but to start off the match, Archer had a, uh, had a botch, which, which took me completely out of this match but it's the thing the thing is he he's going one on one with Nick Camarado of the factory 
And and I'm t and trust me, this is about the only negative thing I have to say about um, the Forbidden Door. Um, so just stick with me. But it's like, why is Lance Archer wrestling Nick Camarado? What's the? I mean, what's the point of of this match? What what history do they have? What's the what's the end goal here? And, you know, I really don't like how they have Lance Archer floating in nothingness. I I guess it I guess it's because of the influx of of talent coming in, uh, where he's getting lost in the shuffle. But I have to say, I don't really like that. I have to ask, what do you think of Nick Camarado? You know, I haven't seen enough of him um, to uh, really render an opinion. I mean, I, I when we first saw him, I, I thought he was, like, good. He had a cool look at that Bruce Brody look. But I don't know. The, hanging out with the factory just isn't working, right? Yeah, and, and the whole QT Marshall thing. I, uh, I, you know, he had a match on the pre-show, too. And I just, I'm not really into the factory. Without, without, without Cody Rhodes... Being at the head of the factory, it's just not working. No, no bad, bad. I was just looking up Nick Camarado on uh, Wikipedia. On the... He was in the WWE in 2019. Oh, he was. He was. He signed in February of 2019. And in July of 2019, he was given the ring name Nick Ogarelli. Okay, well, I must have missed that one. And uh, they they released him in April of 2020 as a part of the budget cuts. Well, he um, apparently he didn't uh, last long. So between uh, him and Lance Archer, Lance Archer was more successful in WWE because he lasted longer. Oh, you mean Vance Archer? His name is Lance Archer, not Vance. I hate when they change their names like that. Yeah, it's just, and they still do it, ladies and gentlemen. But 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 then again, uh, Impact Wrestling called him Lance Hoyt. Well, that's his actual name. Okay, that, that one okay. So that one, uh, yeah, because. Sometimes you never know when they're under their real name or they're wrestling under their ring name. It's yeah. It's kind of hard to tell sometimes. All right, so the next match, what do we have? Uh, we have... No, no, not Swerve in our glory. Stop it with this name. <laughs> exactly. Um, this was... I wish that this had been on the main card. This is. This was actually really fun. Okay. Um... There was a really uh, cool spot where um, Swerve hit the um, hit the double stomp on the, on the um, apron to the outside. It was a really cool move. Okay. Uh, then one of another another no, notable, if I could say that word correctly. Um, Another notable spot was when one of the uh, NJPW guys, Kanamaru, I think is his name. Yeah, Yoshinobu Kanamaru. 
Well, at least I at least I pronounced his name correctly. <laughs> Pat myself on the back for that. Um, but he he ended up spitting whiskey in the face of uh, Keith Lee. Oh wow! I, I gotta tell you, you know, I, I'm straight edge, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't know anything about alcohol or let alone something as whiskey. But I'd imagine that burns like a bitch. Um, and, and that's only getting it in in the in the face. Uh, but I, I've actually uh, drank, tried it. Uh, there was this green stuff called chinterba, which is like a hundred grasses or hundred, yeah, a hundred grasses. And it, as soon as it went down, I was, I was like trying to catch my breath because it was burning. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm like I have to slam, slam the table. I don't know how many times trying to catch my breath. <laughs> well, I hope you weren't standing up when you drank it. No, we were. I was standing next to a picnic table. We were at our friend's. Oh shit! Then the, the next one we had the Gun Club and the Acclaimed, or it's like as I like to call them, the Acclaimed Gun Club. This was this was weird. Did defeating Yuya Yamura in New Japan LA Dojo. Now Ben, Yuya Yamura was this guy wearing black. Right. So he would have been the no, young lion. This guy was he wearing black? I think so. Okay, so that's how you can tell that they're young lions. Because young lions always wear black and they usually it's kinda like um when you're joining a fraternity and you have, they give you like challenges to do or whatever, like or they give you chores to do. So, and you have to do them. Like if you, if uh, one of the guys asks you if you can prepare their lunch or whatever, the young lions do that. They do like the laundry and stuff. Oh, well, that doesn't sound nice. No, it's kind of like, um, kind of like, uh, Proving that they're one of the guys, and then oh. uh, they get sent out on excursions, which is a, which is a, the Japanese uh, term for um, wrestling in, uh, in independent promotions. Oh, okay. So like, that makes sense. Yeah. So okay, so that explains why he was why Excalibur was using the word excursions. Yes. I I couldn't really figure that out. Yeah, for excursions is when, like, if you're on the line, you you get sent out on excursions to uh to hone your craft in the ring. Oh, cool. Well, I learned something new about wrestling every time I'm on this podcast. Thank you. Now, now then, uh, okay, Alex Coughlin. Um, then there's you know who you know bothers me. This one thing, the DKC, what is that? Uh, or who is that? DKC. I, I don't know. Okay, so then I'm not alone here because it, it was it was annoying me. Like, uh, apparently he was on Rampage as well. But that brings us to the main show, the opening match. Yeah, and, and considering that, that this was one of those multi-man, uh, you know, tag matches that I... Very strongly disliked, typically. This uh, is, it's more the eight-man that, 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 that is so difficult to follow. Six-man tag matches are 
here and there. Yeah, but um, I got a real big kick out of um, the slap fest between uh, Suzuki and Kingston. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, but every time, uh, every time uh, Kingston goes with the slaps, he yells Koba because that's a um, it's that's a tribute to Kenta Kobayashi. Kobayashi. Yep, Kenta Kobayashi. Yep. I, I said it right again. Good Lord, I'm on a roll, folks. That's, it's, why, it's, that, that's why I'm repeating it, uh, because you said it, you said it first, and then I'm like, yep, Kenta Kobayashi. Um, so I thought that was cool. And, um, you know, I, I have to tell you, I, um, the more and more that I see of um, Suzuki, um, I kind of like him now, you know. If, at first, with with me being unfamiliar with uh, NJP, NJPW and its history, I was like, um, you know, and pardon me for my stupidity, but I was like, who is this guy with the crazy ass hair? Doesn't he have a mirror? <laughs> um, but but it's like um, n- now it's like I don't want to fuck with him. Your hair looks great. You're a great wrestler. Very good. The man, Please don't the man, hurt. The man likes to get hit. <laughs> yeah, you, well, man, he, you hit him, he smiles. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, well, like, the, I, I don't know if you know the story about the one match I saw. I think I don't know if I told you, but he he was in the match. He got sent to the outside. He's laying on the ground on the outside. Okay, the camera pans down. And he he's looking up at the camera with a smile on his face. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think I remember that actually. Oh, so yeah, this was a good match, and then we're gonna follow that up with an even greater match. Holy jeez, for the ROH and IWGP Tag Team Championships. Well, actually, b- before we get to that, just real quick, um, it's important to mention that th- that this match w- um, oh, yeah. was to determine the uh, who got the main advantage in the blood and guts on Wednesday. So, um, yeah. okay, now hold on. Before uh, the debut of uh, Brian Danielson's uh, hand-picked opponent, were you looking forward to blood and guts? No, not not really. Right. So, but now I actually I wanna I'm looking forward to. Uh, I just don't know like, what the how the other the road wrestling show is gonna be. So I guess tune in on Wednesday to find out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then uh, next up, as Elio was trying to say, I apologize for cutting you off. This was one of my highlights of the night, actually. Uh, the Ring of Honor tag team titles and the IWGP tag team titles were on the line in a triple threat match between FTR, United Empire, and Rapongi Vice. Now, um, ladies and gentlemen, as I've explained to you in the past, I am not going to go move by move in any of these matches, so it, it might seem that I'm doing some of these matches a disservice in this review, but I would rather just tell you to go watch it if I felt like it was really good, because I don't know. Like I've I've listened to a lot of shows, and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to do this, but but my personal thing is like 
if I if I've seen the match, then I'm sure a lot of you have seen it, and I don't like you know what happened, and I I just rather not go move by move. Um, but for 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 this one, um, you know, this is a prime example of why I don't do that because triple threat matches are hectic. But I will fast forward to um, some some of the more notable. Uh, things that happened in this match. Now, at one point, um, Dax Hardwood went for an elbow drop, and it looked like he landed awkwardly because Im- immediately he uh, grabs his elbow and rolls to the outside uh, to have a conference with the doctor. I forget his name, but it's just, it's the same doctor that... Um, that took care of Jerry Lawler for his heart attack in 2012. Um, and uh, so Dax gets immediately taken to the back and um, the announcers do a really good job of playing up the fact that, that Cash Wheeler is now on his own, uh, trying to hold on to the Ring of Honor tag team titles in a uh, triple threat match. Now, what now, another thing that I found really interesting about this, and I, I wasn't aware that this was NJPW rules, but apparently in this tag match, you didn't have to tag your partner. You could tag anybody. Um, so that, that, was, um, that was another in, in, interesting thing. Um, I'm not sure why you would want to tag another another member of the team and risk them getting a pin, but that's maybe that's just because I've been too Americanized with professional I'm, wrestling. You mean yeah. Dr. Sampson? Yes. All right, there we go. I, I just looked it up. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, doing that, by the way. Um, but yeah, this, um, this match was awesome. Like I said, definitely one of my high points. Um, and then as soon as um, Dax Harwood came back out, y- you pretty much knew that FTR was going to retain the Ring of Honor titles and, and gain the um, NJPW titles because, you know, all the momentum was with them. And, and this match was just really good. Now, this, um, is where, this is where we had problems. Now, I was trying to ask you a question. Which is uh, when we had problems. Uh, my question was, what do you think of uh, Jeff Cobb? Oh, I, lo- I love that guy. Absolutely. Jeff, he, I'm a big fan of Jeff Cobb. He's, I would, uh, he is fun to watch. I would love to see more of him on American uh, TV. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, next up, we have um, the inaugural All-Atlantic uh, Championship match. See, this, um, bo- this bothers me, though, because Tomohiro Ishii was supposed to be in this, but they replaced him with Clark Connors. This, he was a, he was, I don't know if he still is, but he, when I was watching, he was a, one of the young lions. Well, I, w- I, w- I would assume that he's not anymore. I mean, it's, especially yeah. if he was... Uh, put into an important match like this. No, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Like when I was watching, he was a young lion, but um, I don't know. I'm not sure why they replaced Ishii with Clark Connors. Yeah, I was wondering that myself because if it was me, 
I would have replaced him with maybe like Juice Robinson because I remember he did a um, he did a backstage uh, segment with uh, Jay White. Yep. And I'm like, well, why isn't he on the on the pay per view? Yep. So um, <clears throat> so maybe that was maybe that was a missed opportunity. I'm not. I'm not. But then again, I'm not sure what. Uh, um, what the background is of Connors and what, and I think, I think the the reason why he was picked was because he was in a qualifying match with Ishii, and since Ishii got hurt, they just plugged him in. Okay, all right, that, so that makes more sense because I'm looking at it now, and like his background is New Japan, uh, 2018 to 2019, he was Young Lion. And then 2020 to present, he's on NJPW Strong. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, well, at least, at least I was able to hear you that time, so that's good. Uh, new headphones, ladies and gentlemen. We're uh, debuting new headphones today. In the next match, Ben, this name, this name, stop. Yeah, dudes with attitude. No, no, no thank you. Um, what does Stinkin call himself a dude with attitude? Get up! Well, well, apparently it was a throwback to WCW in the early 90s. Apparently Sting was part of a group called Dudes with Attitude, which, which admittedly I have no knowledge of. That's but apparently, but apparently that's where it came from. Now it had to be. Was it was it early ninety because ninety five was when Shawn Michaels and Diesel were the two dudes with attitude. Yeah, I th- I think it was. I think it was very early nineties. Well, then when I guess WCW did it before WWF, so there WWF take that. WCW exactly. has one up on you. <laughs> well. To go along with the 88 weeks that Eric Bischoff kicked Vince's ass. And then we had, for the AEW Women's Championship, Thunder Rosa defeating Tony Storm. Now, I was I was really looking forward to this match. Yeah. Um, this was, I wanted this to be one of the high points because I was really juiced for this. Because uh, I, I really felt like Thunder Rosa needed to have a kick-ass um, showing because of the way that she's been booked with this uh, women's title run, okay. which has not been good. Uh, which, by the way, that is through no fault of her own. She's just been booked horribly uh, as women's champion. I think at one point she's only been on um, TV for like 20 minutes and she had the, the title for like two months or something. Um but um, yeah, there was something about this that just wasn't connecting for me. Um, and um, the only the only bit that I really liked was the ending sequence where um, where they're on the apron and um, R- Rosa snaps off. Um, the, a Northern Lights suplex right before this goes for a Death Valley driver on the apron, which gets blocked. Uh, 
which led to Tony Storm hitting a DDT on the floor, followed by a hip attack and another tornado DDT. I wouldn't have done two tornado DDTs that close together, but that's just me. Um, Rosa comes right back with a, a fire thunder driver, which looked, which looked nasty. Um, I just I just like that move. Um, even the commentators were like, oh, holy shit, look at, um, look at Tony Storm's head. Um, and then she hit the final reckoning to retain the title in just under 11 minutes. Now, as I just illustrated um, by going through the ending sequence, the ending was better, but this match should have been one of the highlights of the night. And it had every ingredient to do so. So I'm not really sure why, why this one didn't hit. Um, and, and kind of along the, the, the same vein, you know, I enjoyed Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy much more than uh, um, Thunder, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. And um, I have to tell you, Orange Cassidy surprised the hell out of me. That guy pulled something out of his ass I didn't know he had. And I, I kind of have to... Ow. Ow. <laughs> Well, no, because yeah, because no, I, I get joking. Go on. I've always seen him as a comedy guy, yeah. you know, and and all like. I don't get it. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to think to myself now of all people since he just I still say the booking of this match doesn't make sense, but but having said that the match was awesome, right? Yeah. But my but my thought process. And then I'll, I'll let you jump in here one second. But my, my thought process was you have Will Ospreay going, going against Orange Cassidy. Why? Let, let alone in a, in a title match. This is for the IWGP US title. But, you know, I, will ha- I always say that when I'm, when I'm wrong, I will happily... I will happily admitted and in this case orange cassie delivered a kick-ass performance my god what a what a what a showing by both guys but i i expected that out of osprey but not orange cassie yeah but then and i have aussie open i have information on aussie open because i wanted to know what these guys are all about where they came from yeah so apparently it began in 2007 to 2016, and then um, they, they worked for Melbourne City Wrestling, and then uh, the formation happened in 2017, and uh, they made appearances for New Japan, and uh, from there in AEW. Yeah, well, I, I still say their name sounds like a golf tournament. It's just, it's just weird. Seriously. And uh, their names are so generic. Like, their names you hear every day. Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. Well, I'd much rather have that than Alba Fire or or fucking Braun Breaker. Kitana Chance. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay, next we have... 
Claudio Castagnoli versus Zach Sabre Jr. How and how great was it to see uh, Claudio Castagnoli? Yep. I, because I, he was one of my predictions to, you know, one of the two predictions I gave, the other one being Johnny Gargano. Yep. But this one was just a, a, amazing, quite frankly. I was amazed. So I have a question. Since he's not Cesaro, we can't call it the Cesaro swing, so do we call it the Castanoli swing? I don't know. I don't know, but he did. Um, he did file to um, trademark CSRO. Uh, yeah, I know. I saw. I saw where uh, he was using that name. So I'm like, okay. So, um, but but so this match was awesome. It was. It's so good to see um, to see Claudio in all elite. Um, yep. I, I am I am so excited. I was like freaking out. And you mean to tell me Claudio Casanoli versus Zack Saber Jr. Holy shit. Now, right. now uh, allow me to uh allow, allow me just to just to say something real quick. Alright. Now I have up until this point outside of YouTube I had never seen Zack Saber Jr. perform. Um, you know, outside, like I said, outside of YouTube clips, this was an absolute fucking treat. And if, if this is what he can do, my God, I can't wait to see Daniel Bryan versus Zack Sabre Jr. What? My you know God. What? You know what? Um, he, I've seen him a lot in the, in New Japan. Yeah, a lot of his matches, <laughs> and a lot of his matches that I saw were from New Japan. And she won climax or like super juniors. Well, oh my god, what a what a what a fucking performer! I mean, good god, like, and, you love to hate the guy exactly because he, he, he comes off like such a natural dick, <laughs> yeah. Um, it kind of and uh, and um, Will Osprey kind of did the same thing. It's kind of weird, but but can we also talk about the fact that that this guy Claudio is now in the Blackpool Combat Club? Holy shit! Like this is amazing. I just I have to mark out for a minute. I cannot wait to see what he can do alongside John Moxley in the Blackpool Combat Club. But I have to ask though, like. Eddie Kingston, like, uh, said that he uh, he wasn't happy, he doesn't trust the guy. What, like, what's going on there? Well, I I don't know. Um, I and and I just don't know that history there. I don't know what the beef is. Um, but apparently it goes back um, a ways. But the the other part is like I I can't tell when Eddie Kingston is being serious. Or like when he's joking around on social media, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how legit that is. It it could it could very well be. I'm not saying it isn't, but um, but if I just don't know enough about it to uh to offer a valid opinion on that one. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I don't know if you saw this. A lot of people were talking about this, and uh, I just wanted to get your your thoughts on it. Um, did you see um, Tony Khan hugging Cesaro at the? Um, I saw at, he, uh, him and Okada, I believe. Now, now, what what did you think about that? Because a lot of people were having a field day with that. I mean, I don't know. I guess like he was just hugging, like he was happy to have them in his company. I guess. I yeah. Well, you know, but people were like, "This is weird." I mean, this is this is this. This is what whatever the hell. Um, you know. So I was like, okay. That's the IWC. There's. They're made up of some stupid, stupid people. There are good people, but there are just some that uh, like to get all like. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was like that big of a deal, but then you had like Vince Russo come out and be like, "What the hell? I don't even hug my so, wife so like hold that." So hold on, hold on. So let me see. Okay, like remember when we were watching the last ride of the Undertaker? Yeah. That's like Vince hugging the Undertaker. Is that weird? No. Oh, right? You wouldn't hear people like stunning out about that. So I, I think people are just going nuts. Like they, they were, you know, they were happy. Like give them a break. Right. Like I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta be honest with you. If I had a boss that was that happy to have me in this company that he gave me a hug. That would that would tell me a lot about that company, like and and that person. So I'm just, I think people are just reading too much into shit. Did it, did it look a little weird at first? Sure, but then when 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 you um when you when you take a breath and really think about it, is it that big of a deal? No, I personally don't think wrestling, so. Wrestling for wrestling fans just have nothing better to do. Yes, except except if you're listening to this show, then you're wildly. Thank you. Thank you. Doing you're doing something productive, and we thank you. <laughs> yeah, yes, and you're well, then you're wildly intelligent and probably much better looking than the uh, average IWC member hiding behind their keyboard talking shit. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to, I believe this is the main event, John Moxley and. Hiroshi Tanahashi. Well, ho, 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 ho. Oh, hold on, so, so, hold so, on. So, so, oh, so, oh. I was on the wrong page. Oh, sorry. It was, uh, before that, we had Jay White, Adam Page, Okada, and Cole. Adam Cole. Now, this match was awesome. Right, right up until the very end. The ending was weird because I think, um, I think Cole got hurt. Um, there was just the, the the ending sequence was very odd, and it was like, um, because even after um, even after Okada missed a move on Cole, like, Cole still collapsed, and after that, um, you know Okada got sling bladed, uh, and, and but instead of instead of pinning Okada after the sling blade, Jay White went over and, and rolled um, 
and and rolled over Adam Cole and pinned him. So I I if you go back and and um, look at how this transpired at the very end, I think it's very obvious that that Cole got hurt. Now now whether he just got his bell rung or whether he actually has a concussion remains to be seen. I haven't heard anything about that, but um. But I would say it hurt the match, but the the ending was definitely the right call given the fact that Jay White just won the title. So. And then we now, had uh, oh. I think uh, after after this match, at the end of this match, I think we had the appearance of Katsuyori Shibata. And to be honest with you, and this is and this is this is not saying anything negative about the pay per view. I'm just saying that this is this is me not knowing NJPW. Um, but everybody was like, you know, freaking out, and I'm I'm trying to figure out who this guy is. Yeah. Shibata, he's a New Japan legend. Like, uh, um, should you go back uh, the early Wrestle Kingdoms? He's been on some of those. But, you know, part of me, part of, like, one of the things that I really liked about this pay-per-view was that they had Kevin Kelly on it, you know, who who really has a deep knowledge of NJPW, and, and plus, like... And, and he never tell over his head or his finger and his nose. <laughs> exactly. Um, you remember so that's that, always... You, you remember that segment? That was, that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, with 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 uh, the with, with the Rocky. Rock. Yeah, I mean, just, if, you, if you look at his face, it looks like he's about to cry. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Kelly, you know, just brings back fond memories. So it was good to see him. Um, and um, but you know, I I appreciated his knowledge of NJPW because that really helped me out. Um. But overall, like I wish that I wish that they could have done a little bit better job explaining to the American audience who some of these people are. I had the same problem with the build coming into Forbidden Door, um, so I, I would have appreciated just a tiny bit more help. Um, but um, that being that that being said. Um, outside of uh, Tony Storm and uh, Thunder Rosa, I really wasn't disappointed by any of the matches, and I certainly wasn't disappointed by um, John Moxley and uh, Takahashi. Now we get to meet Ren Tanahashi and Moxley. Um, can we just can we just talk about the fact that? This was a fucking fight. This was not a performance. This was two people beating the holy bejesus out of each other. <laughs> and then at the very end, um, you know, we get uh, we get um, Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia running in for the beatdown. Eddie that, King's that's the only thing I didn't like was the ending. But Eddie Kingston run, runs out and yells at Claudio. So I guess that I guess the heat is real. Um, 
you know, and but one of the, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to, and I'm I'm gonna do it as soon as I get off of the air with you. Uh, now, granted, much more of my day is being taken up with this than I thought with the with the uh, technical issues that we had earlier. But I've been so busy doing, you know, this is our third podcast in five days, and um, and when. Uh, when I was watching this pay-per-view to begin with, I was doing it with the studious, critical podcast. I, you know, I can't wait to just sit back and relax and, and watch this show as a fan and just enjoy myself. Um, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to doing that later on tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, this, this pay-per-view really exceeded every single expectation that I had. Um, you know, I really didn't know what to expect. And, um, y- you know, ha- hats off to them because th- this may have been some of the best in-ring work on a pay-per-view that I've seen this entire year. Absolutely. If, uh, this was just a fun pay-per-view. I wasn't sure what to expect. Well, now, out of 10, what would you rank it? Eight. Yeah, I had the same one. I had eight. All right, so um, is that all we have for Forbidden Door? Yes, sir. All right, now we move on to Monday Night Raw. I'm sorry. I, I, I know. What a, what a letdown. We go from talking about this amazing fucking show to... But, see, the interesting thing is, like, on here, I, it's like I, we see Monday at Rock Sock, but then on the other show on Friday night, it's like we go over it again, and I, and I hear, like, other sides of, uh, other point of views about, like, the show. Well, but, but to be honest with you, um, you know, and I, I, I get that everybody has, you know, differing opinions, and I'm not knocking anybody for that. Um, but, but I think, I think if you watch the show consistently, talking about Monday Night Raw, and you honestly say like this, sh- if you were to say that this show is consistently good, I would say you're consistently high as fuck. So- I just. I, I, I don't under, I don't understand where people are coming from with that. I, I, I don't. So this, was, um, this came from the same auto arena or the Laredo Energy Arena in Laredo, Texas. Now, the two low points I have, and you know, I gave these the low points because I really don't understand. The money in the bank qualifying match, last chance. What, why are you giving the last chance? That uh, then... What was the point of the the original qualifying matches? Yep, yep, I one hundred percent agree. And, um, and the, the only reason I had to give the battle royale a high point is for that one uh, spot that Ricochet did with the off the ladder. Well, that was that was really cool, but that's Ricochet being Ricochet, and why yeah. the fuck is why the fuck is he being portrayed the way he's being portrayed? I'll never that, understand. And, and they're still calling them T bar. Stop it. I, I at first I didn't even recognize who he was. I'm like, wait, who is that? Why is my my mind uh, drawn a blank? And then they mentioned it was T-Bar. I'm like, oh crap! 
crap. We haven't seen him without the mask in a long time. Yeah, and, um, you know, but why was he in there for so long? Because he's a nobody on WWE TV, and that breaks my heart to say because Dominic Dijakovic, I repeat, Dominic Dijakovic is fucking amazing. Now, hold on. You said this was a last chance qualifying match? Yeah. When why, did why, 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 why was he in the in a qualifying match? Well, well, he was never in one of the original ones. So, you know, oh, just a lot about this thing just didn't make any sense, right? And then, okay, so, so the fi- originally everybody thought that the final two was AJ Styles and, and um, Matt Riddle, right? Yeah. But no, the main is wasn't officially eliminated because yeah, he didn't I, I, I was trying to figure out when uh, Styles was on the apron and this just pulled him off the apron and then uh, I slid back and I was like, wait, what's going on? But, but okay, but here, here's my here's my thought process, okay? Riddle should have never been in that that qualif- that last chance battle royal because he should have beat Omas in the right. in the, the first qualifying match. Omas should not be in Money in the Bank. So so oh, look at this fucking moron. So look now you have two two guys who were in the original qualifying matches both in the match itself. Yeah, I I don't I don't understand that at all. And then um and then so. So you mean to tell me that you you have an opportunity to put so so hold on let me back up a little bit so so it, we agree between us that Riddle should have been in there and Riddle should have been in the Money in the Bank to begin with right yeah so so take him out of there then you have AJ Styles uh, and and the Miz why the fuck. Is AJ Styles stuck in a in a feud with the Miz? What? Why the hell, Elliot? Why am I still hearing about the Miz's ball sack? <laughs> <laughs> right. Stop! 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 Anybody and Logan Paul? How he and Logan Paul are gonna return at the? I believe SummerSlam. They said. Oh my god. And you know and that they're gonna be future undisputed tag team champions. Uh, kill me now. D- didn't we end this Logan Paul bullshit at WrestleMania? Yeah, but he yeah, but this game but Skull Crusher finale to teach him a lesson. Uh, well apparently that w- that was the reason he gave. I I, I don't know, but fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the next one um, is uh, Montez Ford and Shane Uso. Um, I guess yeah. he, I like Montez Ford's uh, matches a little better than Dimes or Dawkins. Oh, so you gave it a high point or a I, low point? Yeah, yeah, no, that was my high point. One of my high points. Especially that frog splash that he did. Yeah. Yeah, this was one of my high points. Uh, age Styles in the Miz, I don't care. Um, a low point is a little more than Alexa Bliss. Yeah. I and agree. Then, um, I don't know. Okay, Lashley and uh, the Alpha Academy was uh, another high point. 
And uh, pretty much that's it. Uh, Becky Lynch, okay, uh, that was not bad, but... Yes, it was. The match wasn't... Okay, the match wasn't bad, but really, like, she lost the qualifying match. Why wait, did wait, she wait, get wait, in what? it? Wait, this was a qualifying match? Yes. Oh, yeah, no, no, I gave this a low point. No, because I said I gave the qualifying matches low points. Yeah, this was the low points. Yeah, I just, I don't yeah. get it. So basically, yeah, pretty much Alexa Bliss and the women's qualifying match were my low points. Yeah, and, so. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have something else? No, no go on. And also, just one more the John Cena segment. That was, that was a that was a high point for you. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I would say. Um. You know, I thought the the very opening of the show with uh, John Cena that was cool. You know, yeah. get getting props backstage. That was I call that a high point. I would also call um. You know, his segment a high point. Yep. Um, I was a little bit. I know they had a backstage interaction, but I was a little bit surprised that um, that Austin Theory didn't interrupt uh, John. Yeah. Um, just based on how they've been building him up and uh, Cena's history with the U.S. title, I think that would have been a cool touch. Um, especially since it's been so heavily rumored that they're pushing for. Uh, Cena versus Siri at uh, at SummerSlam, so I'm not sure what they're well, doing with that. How about, how about all the videos they showed throughout the night? Uh, Big Show, Chris Jericho, um, Brian Danielson. Well, yeah, but you know what? I thought that, I thought that that was cool, and I understand why that's such a big deal because obviously they're AEW, so you wouldn't really expect that. But also keep in mind, right? So. WWE let AJ Styles do a video package for um, Impact for, for Impact at Slammiversary, right? So I th- I think it was a I think it was a cool move. I think some things are just bigger than brand rivalries, and some things in professional wrestling just deserve to be noticed regardless of what company you're in. So I thought that was a classy move. Um. So I didn't have a, I didn't have a problem with that at all. I thought that that was very cool. Yep. I'll even give that a high point. I I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, because usually usually WWE is very petty when it comes to those things, and and you don't really see that. So so I have to give them credit where it's due for that. Vince um, isn't uh, isn't anywhere around because we know we all know how he would be like. Wow, oh, we can't do that. Well, but then, then again, he did allow um, Chris Jericho to go on the the Broken Skull session, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, but um, the other the other high point that I had was um, was Montez Ford and and the Uso. Um, I don't. I think it was Jay. Jay. I'm pretty sure. It was Jay. Yeah. Uso. Yeah. Um, the low point was um, the Battle Royal and the Bianca Belair and Carmella segment. Um, 
Oh, and yeah, it, it was bad. I would also agree with you, Liv Morgan and Alexa Bliss. That was the low point. And um, and also the segment with Judgment Day and the Mysterious. No, I already saw an article where it said former WWE, former, uh, no, Judgment Day teases a new member with the former WWE champion. Uh, well, that was... to Rey Mysterio. Well, that was weird, but... Yeah. I guess it, it's true, so it's okay, but... Like, and then, no, they're not gonna bring Rey Mysterio in as member of the Judgment Day. No, they would... No, they no. it wasn't Rey Mysterio they wanted. They were targeting Dom. Oh, were they... Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, no, because the, the way they were talking, and then I heard the last part where it said... Uh, it's not bad wrestlers, bad fathers. So I'm like, okay, wait, yeah, Dominic is who they were talking about. So I thought, I thought they were talking about Ray. Well, no, no. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, yeah that whole segment was weird. Um, and then I also, I have to give a low point to the main event because why? Now, I have a question. Why is the opening match a battle royal, but the main event does six-way elimination? <laughs> It, it makes it makes no sense. It it makes absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever. None. I... <sighs> so, so, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the heavy point of the show where we're done with Monday Night Raw. Yes. Now we're going to move on to uh, Money in the Bank uh, predictions. Okay. Let me just uh, pull up the cards here. So, money in the bank. And this one takes place. Uh, yep, they moved the, the uh, they moved the venues, I believe. So again, yeah, be, yeah, because they couldn't sell out the stadium. <laughs> and the fucking losers. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why you can't sell out a stadium with money in the bank. Because yeah. your product sucks, you dumb motherfuckers. So from Reliance Stadium, uh, they moved it to the MGM Grand Garden Arena on uh, Saturday, July 2nd. So here's the lineup. We have a total of six matches. This should we go bottom to top, top to bottom? We'll go, bo- we'll go bottom to top. All right, so for the first match I have in front of me are... It's the United States Championship Theory defending against Bobby Lashley. I I, I think it'll I think it'll end up being Theory and some sort of chicanery. Again, okay. uh, this is their first match, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Theory, and then I'm gonna say that uh, he's gonna win this one. Then they're gonna that leads to a rematch. <sighs> Um, yeah, I agree. All right, then we have the Usos versus the Three Profits for the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. I'm going with the Usos. Giving it to the Usos as well. Then we have Ronda Rousey defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Natalia. I've got Ronda Rousey. Ronda, oh, absolutely. Yeah, Ronda. Okay, then we have. 
Bianca Belair defending the Raw Women's Championship against Carmella. I've got Bianca Belair. Oh, absolutely. No question. And I saved the two money in the bank uh, ladder matches because these ones are the hardest ones. Well, first of all, we have the women's. Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka, Shasi, and Becky Lynch. I'm going to have to say uh, Becky Lynch. Okay. I want it to be Asuka, but I truly believe it's going to be Becky. Yeah, I'm going with Becky Lynch because I was like playing this in my head. Like, it won't be Lacey Evans. It won't be Alexa Bliss. They won't give it to Liv Morgan. And Raquel Rodriguez, Raquel Gonzalez just got there. Um, you know what upsets me about this one? What's they that? Had, they had one spot left, and they had to go and mess it up by doing this last chance. Because I was yeah. so, I was hoping that that spot would go to Bailey, making her return. Yeah, well, that's what I was hoping as well, but no. But no, that, that's what upsets me about this match. All right, so I got Becky Lynch for that one. Now we have the other Money in the Bank, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Omos, Sami Zayn, and Riddle, and Speed Determined. There's another one. Um, I think so. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five. No, there's six. So why would they have... Because there's usually six... Uh, Six uh, wrestlers in the match, right? Yeah. Four, five. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, hold on. There's seven in the women's. And there is six in the men's. So there's one left. There is one, a seventh one is, is going to be, needs to be added. Okay. That makes sense. So, um, I'm not sure who you got for this one for Money in the Bank. Uh, Seth Rollins. I got Seth Rollins as well. Because I'm thinking if they, if they give it to Becky Lynch on the women's side, they're going to give it to Seth Rollins. Well, one has nothing to do with the other, even though they're married. But I, I honestly think it's well, it's going to be... Well, you think it was a coincidence that Adam McCall and Britt Baker won the Owen Hart uh, tournament? Well, no, no, but it, I mean, it wasn't because they were married or because they were together or something. Yeah. All right. Um, so we saw that's it. We have money in the bank. Yep. All right. That, that wraps everything up there. And now I have, Ben, I have a list for you. Oh, what's that? All right. Let me pull up this list. So, oh, first of all, um, actually, uh, no, first of all, let's do the tournament, the Hell in a Cell tournament. Okay. So, let me go on to my TikTok page and pull up the results here. The, this, this tournament. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Go to the wrestling page and... This is the final four. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, 
versus The Undertaker and Mankind from King of the Ring 98. Who do you have? Well, I got, I got, um, well, I know who's going to win it, but personally, I would take Undertaker versus uh, Shawn Michaels, but that's not going to win because of the legacy of Mankind and Undertaker. Well, 64% went with Undertaker Mankind from King of the Ring 98. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. And then we have Undertaker versus Triple H and under, from WrestleMania 28 and Undertaker versus Edge from SummerSlam 2008. I'm sorry, what was the first one? Undertaker Triple H from WrestleMania 28. I'm going to say... Uh, um. Undertaker Triple H. That got 86% of the votes. Very the, good. The third match, we have Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose from Hell in a Cell 2014 and Undertaker and Brock from Hell in a Cell 2015. Undertaker and Brock. Actually, yep. And that one uh, won with 55%. And the final match... Undertaker Brock from No Mercy 2002 and Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks from Hell in a Cell 2019. I'm sorry, say the first one again. Undertaker and Brock from No Mercy 2002. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say the women's match. Actually, that that only got 10 percent. Undertaker and Brock got 90 percent. Well, no, I mean, I I understand why, but it's just I have a fondness for the, for the women's match. Yeah, no, I agree. But um, so that the, that brings us to the finals. So in the finals, we have Undertaker and Mankind from ninety eight, and Undertaker and Brock from No Mercy two thousand two are in the finals. Well, we we know who's gonna win that. And we're gonna have those results on Saturday. <laughs> That's the worst cliffhanger in this podcast history. What? Because we know it's going to win. Yeah, right? <laughs> but, um, alright, so, and uh, after that, I've got to, I'm going to do my first movie tournament, I think. Oh, that'd be fun. I, I have all 25 James Bond movies, so I'm going to do a last Bond standing tournament. Oh, God damn, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Sean Connery versus Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but, but, Sean, but Sean Connery versus Daniel Craig will be cool. But Pierce Brosnan... Yeah. And these are these are the actually the movies, all twenty five movies, and it's just be fun. But um, I have okay. Here's my list for you: every Hulk Hogan movie ranked. Oh Christ! From worst to best. All right. No, but go ahead. Hold on. This is uh all the top fourteen. Okay. Jesus, he was in fourteen movies. Fourteen is on this list. All right. And number fourteen, the ultimate weapon. Okay. I've never heard of it. No, I've never heard um, of it either. At number 13, Mr. Nanny. 
Well, I would have expected that to be in last place, but, you know, okay. Then we have Little Hercules. Never heard of it. In number uh, 11, we have Santa with muscles. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, have you seen that one? No. <laughs> Don't. Wasn't playing. I <laughs> In number 10, we have No Holds Barred. Okay. I skipped school to go watch this at the movies on June 2nd, 1989. Oh, Lord. What is wrong with me? I'm sorry. I skipped school to go see... Uh, no, I got out of school early to go see Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. But I, would that was prefer- the I would have preferred to see that. Yeah. Okay, in number nine, we have McKinsey's Island. Never heard of it. Number eight, The Secret Agent Club. Oh, my God. Number seven, we have Suburban Commando. Holy. Oh, yeah, this was bad. So, and number six, we have Spy Hard. What? (laughs) Spy Hard. You know, have you heard of that? No. It's like a spoof, it's one of those spoof movies, like, like spoofing Die Hard and all those action films. Okay. In number five, three ninjas, high noon at Mega Mountain. Oh my god. In number four, ladies and gentlemen, I like the three ninjas growing up. I I did. You like what? I liked the three ninja movies. Then uh, number three, we have Nomeo. No, sorry, number four, we have Nomeo and Juliet. Oh my God! Uh, and here are the top three. Are you ready? No, go ahead. In number three, we have Muppets from Space. Jesus Christ! <laughs> number two, we have Rocky Three. They, they call that number as in the worst? No, this is ranked from the worst to the best. Oh, I was going to say. Okay. So in number two, we have Rocky 3. In the number one movie on this list, Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Fuck you. And <laughs> just fuck. No, I, when I say fuck you, I mean fuck the list, not fuck you. But. First of all, I I disagree. I disagree with this list. I would have put Rocky 3 at number one. That's better than all of these movies. But yeah. But okay. One movie on this list is so bad that it's so bad that I went to check the IMDb scores to see how bad it was. And it got a two. Out of ten, which one do you think it is? Uh, the nanny. Uh, nope, that one had got a three. Oh god, which one? This movie was so bad it got a two out of ten. Santa with muscles. Well, that's not surprising. 
what what is going on right now? <laughs> like, I don't know. So, this podcast is going off the rails, man. Bring it back. Pull it back. All right. Yeah, that's just uh, this, whatever. I just uh, wanted to tell you, like, I just wanted to let you hear that list. So any any of you fans that think John Cena or Rock's movies are terrible, go look at it. Go look up a Hulk Hogan movie and you'll see what terrible it is. Uh, well, I agree. So that was, that was just a public service I did for our audience. Well, I'm sure they thank you. <laughs> okay, now we're going to get into time warp. Um, the fans will be back shortly. All right, Ben, we're getting into time warp. Are you ready? Yes, sir. We have three time warps. So our first one is going to take us back to Friday, November 23rd, 1984. And on this one, we have a total of eight matches. Our opening match is for the Mid-South Tag Team Championships. It is a scaffold match. Within Rock and Roll Express defending and defeating the Midnight Express to hold on to the titles. Now, Ben, you know have you that sounds like it would be a good match. Yeah, yeah. I, I have seen one, yeah. Yeah. Alright, then we had the Hacksaws, Butch Reed and Jim Duggan defeating Ted DiBiase and Steve Williams. The Hacksaws, that's funny. The Hacksaw Butch Reed and the Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Match number three, we had Magnum TA defeating Ernie Ladd. Good old Ernie Ladd. Then we had Bill Dundee defeating Adrian Street. And in tag team action, we had Hector and Chavo Guerrero defeating Brickhouse Brown and Master G. Master G. Master G. Now, Ben, do you recognize that name? No. All right, so Master G was previously known in the WWF as George Wells. He was Jake St. Robert's opponent at WrestleMania 2. Oh, okay. There's a little nugget there, a little golden nugget. Then we had Buddy Landell defeating Terry Taylor. Hercules Hernandez defeating Tony Falk. And in the main event of the evening... Tim Horner defeated Jack Victory. Good old Tim Horner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that brings us to that's uh, the first one. Now we're going to go back to October the 8th, no, sorry, October 9th, 1982, for the conclusion of that match from the previous episode featuring Teddy Biasi and Matt and, uh, Mr. Wrestling 2. Very cool. So, here we go with uh, the finish to that match. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Wrestling 2 almost had the fall on DiBiase. We've got Oral Link and his floor director, Paul White, has told us the cameras are still running. We're going to commentate this. Not on the air. At this point, but we're saving this. We are planning on showing you this this is this battle, this challenge match. 
But Woodson's got a go to a finish. DiBiase is not going to get away with it. Harding and challenging people. Hacksaw Dugan, you see the fans down. Hacksaw Dugan is coming in to try to measure Russell Toon. But Toon was warned by the crowd and has met Hacksaw Dugan face on. Russell Toon, a man standing alone against two of the toughest men in wrestling. And you can see him fighting out there in Dugan. A big, powerful man catches him from behind. They've got the North American champion and one of the most rugged men in wrestling. They've got wrestling two down out there. The two of them have him. DiBiase punishing him. Dugan punishing him. Two is down. DiBiase is... Crowd is hollering for JYD. They're double arm whipping him into the ropes. He pops him out to that knee lift. Oh, no. Wrestling two. He had to reach down and pull it out on his own. He knocked him out there. Now he's firing away at Hacksaw Dugan. Wrestling two has got him separated. He's back in control a little bit. Dugan went for the spear. Dugan missed the spear. But Russell 2 didn't mess with that knee lift. And he's really pumped Dugan. DiBiase coming from behind. Russell 2 caught him in the solar plexus. He's pumping. Listen to the people honor. 2, 2, 2. This shows you why this man has been so great. And he catches him another great knee lift. Russell 2 stood him up. And he pumped him again. And DiBiase. Dugan coming back. Will he get there in time? 1, 2, 3. Alright, so that was the ending of the match. Mr. Wrestling 2 and uh, Ted DiBiase. Well, it was, we waited a long time for that. That was pretty cool. Alright. Alright, and that, that brings us to the opening match for this week. This event is for one fall with a 10 minute time limit. In the red corner at 270 pounds, General Skandor Akbar proudly presents the Mongolian Stomper. And in the blue corner at 245 pounds from St. Joseph, Missouri, Mike Bond. Mike Bond had a stopper. I don't know. He, he gives the impression that he didn't, he wasn't hurt very much by Mike Bond's retaliation there. I see some reddened areas on his abdomen, but as far as showing any, any effect from the, oh, this just stopped right to the midsection. That's legal. He doesn't kick below the belt. Oh, he goes for a full body slam and press. Now, again, he apparently is not going to waste any time. Again, working on that midsection with stomps, kicks. Again, a back, full backhand chop. Apparently, he is... Now he's going for the Shangomaki. I've seen him use this for a long time now. Very effective. Variation of sleeper, and you see how fast Mike Bond went to sleep. Rick Pereira called for the bell. Mike Bond is out to the delight of General Skandar Akbar. The Mongolian stopper racks up a victory. We'll be back. Is Colonel <laughs> the, Mongo- the Mongolian stomper? Are you kidding me? <laughs> he was a big name in uh, Calgary, although. Yeah, no, he was a heel in Calgary as well. Yeah, he's always been a heel. Mongolian stomper. 
All right, the next match uh, features uh, your good friend, Colonel Buck Robley. Oh, God. Are you kidding me? So Buck Robley defeats the grappler number two. Very cool. actually said that <laughs> about Iron Jeez. Mike Sharp. Really? I had to go back and uh, listen. Like, yeah, that, that? That, that's a little disturbing to say the very least. 
All right, here we go with the next one. This event is for one fall with a 10-minute time limit. In the blue corner at 238 pounds from New York City, Vinnie Romeo. I know these these intros go a long time. And coming into the ring right now, a very awesome sight indeed in the red corner. At six feet eight inches of height, three hundred eighty-five pounds, Kamala, the Ugandan giant. I gotta say these intros are we we say Cody Rose's intros are long. Holy jeez. Yeah, this is this is like rivaling um, Roman Reigns and the Undertaker at this one. He just took without any scientific hold at all. He just grabs him by the neck and flings him to the mat. He not only can gain a victory or beat somebody, he destroys them, Bob Root. Benny Romeo just completely the man just shrugged off two drop kicks. He is powerful. You know, again, very intimidating, those chops, but not only that, but nobody knows anything about this man except his handler. I don't know anything about him, and I know everything about professional wrestlers. But I, if you if you go to scout this man, there's not much you can scout. You don't know his weak points unless he does something in the ring. And, and all he's been doing in the ring since he's been in mid south is beating people up, and he doesn't. The matches haven't lasted very long. Oh, he picked him up like a a small sack of potatoes and just shook him and just threw him down. He pats himself. Oh! Do not lie down on the job against this man. But oh, look at that! That horizontal body smash. And the viciousness and the victory. What? Oh my God! Horizontal bodies. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I can't oh believe like, the commentaries are the commentators are terrible. It's tag team action now in a non-title event for one fall with a 10-minute time limit in the red corner at 270 pounds from Vancouver, British Columbia, Kelly Kaniski and his partner. At 240 pounds from Charlotte, North Carolina, Bob Stabler. I think this is the third longest on the show. I know, seriously. <laughs> Partner at 
142 pounds, Mr. Olympia. Beautiful tag team action. I can see why these men were the champions. And again, boom. That, what he calls a thump. Olympia there to keep out any interference. And the Mid-South Tag Team title holders, Junkyard Dog and Mr. Olympia, gain another victory to their long wins. All right, that was uh, that was the October the 9th episode of Mid-South Wrestling. So we finally got the conclusions of that Ted DiBiase match. Now ben, That's awesome. Here's where, yep. added, here's where I added one more one more episode to the time warp. Because it's Raw's 30th anniversary next year, I started watching all the old episodes and uh, we're going to take a look at our first episode from 1993. Oh, I can't wait for this. So let me just uh, pull this up and actually I'm going to show you how I did this. Check it out. I've watched every episode and this is what I did. Oh. I have all the I have all the information there for every episode. Yeah, let me um actually you know what let me um do a full screen on you so I can actually see. Hold up. I have the location, the date, the time, and uh, all the matches and the duration of each episode. Oh, that that's awesome. So. <laughs> Monday Night Raw went on the air on Monday, January 11th, 1993 at 9 p.m. from the Manhattan Center in Manhattan, New York. Now, Ben? Yep. Uh, do you know what the first match in Monday Night Raw history is? No. The, very, the opening match on the very first episode of Monday Night Raw was Yokozuna defeating Coco Beware. Oh, that's awesome. Then on this one, we also had the Steiner Brothers, Shawn Michaels defeating the Inter- defending the Intercontinental Championship against Max Moon, and in the main event of the very first Raw, Undertaker defeating Damian Demento. <laughs> Damian Demento. God, do you remember what Damian Demento used to wear? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> now, this... I already I have it listed here. The first match in Raw history, Coco Beware Yokozuna main event, Undertaker Damien Demento. This was also the Raw debut of Dwayne Gill. AKA Gilberg. Yes, under a mask. Because he competed as one half of the executioners. Losing to the oh, Steiner, dear. Losing to the Steiner brothers. That's hilarious. Now, you want to know why these are, were so easy to fly through? Because 1993-1994, Monday Night Raw was between 44 and 46 minutes long. Including commercials. Altogether, it was 40, between 44 and 46 minutes. The entire episodes? Yes. Holy shit. I mean, well, like, okay, with commercials, it might might have been like an hour, but uh, without commercials, it was 44 minutes. Oh, okay. Uh, this one was 46. 
And that's why they're like easy to fly through. And also on this episode, Bobby Heen was uh, trying to get into the building the whole night. But he was uh, kept out of the building. He wasn't allowed inside. Until the very end, and Sean Mooney said he just got clearance that Bobby Heenan is allowed to go in the building. Except that the show had already ended. <laughs> so that was, the, <laughs> that was the joke there for the whole episode. Yeah, I, I, I remember that. That was like, that lasted for a little while, didn't it? I believe so, yeah. That's and, uh, So that is the episode number one of Monday Night Raw, January 11th, 1993. And on Saturday, we'll take a look at uh, the next two episodes, which were January 18th and the 25th. Cool. And now uh, I will pull up... I will pull up my playlist here because we are going to get into wrestling roulette. Indeed. And my co-host has to redeem himself from the last episode. That's what he said. Yes. <laughs> I was he, 10 or 11. Said, you, you said you have to redeem yourself. You were, you were 11 and 10. No, I was 10 and 11. I think. No, I think uh, you you did you did well because you you had guessed the uh, last one correctly. Oh, okay. So we'd be back shortly, folks. How are we doing on time here? All right, so we are we are back, and we are one forty six. Yeah, but that's that's uh, yeah, that's unofficial. Okay, Ben, I have the list here. Are you ready? Yep. This is your very first song. Here we go. Um, no clue. That is Rocky My Via. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. All right, here we go. Number two. anything from that. No, no idea. No. Nope. I don't know. Steiner Brothers. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. No idea. Demolition. Shit. Is that uh, Fandango? Nope. Who was it? Stardust. Oh, shit, 
I don't know. That is Tiffany. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. Oh, and five. Ben, come on. What are you doing? A train. A train. How do you always get that? <laughs> RK bro. RK bro. Here we go. I'm not sure. That is SA Rios. Oh, damn. Okay, so we are. Two and six. Yeah, two and six. Oops, here we go, number nine. Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Three and six. Go number ten. Can you play that one more time for me? Oh, uh, Rusev. No. What? No. What the hell? <laughs> Who was it? That was Jack Swagger. Oh, boo. Mm. All right, uh, three and uh, ten, three and seven. Okay. Here we go. I have not a clue. Uh, Drew Gulak. So three and eight. Yeah. Don't worry, I'll come back. I don't know. That is Caitlin. <laughs> ah, God, these songs suck. Three and nine. CFO is. No, sorry, this was Jim Johnston. What are you doing? Seriously. Seth freaking Rollins. Oh, four and nine. All right, here we go. There's a young stallions. Well, I wouldn't know. 
four and nine. All right, four and ten. We go number uh, f- fifteen. Cool. DX. DX. All right, five and ten. Here we go. I don't know. As Sing Kara. Yeah. Oh, five and eleven. Oh, come on, Ben. Here we go. <laughs> Track 17. Yeah. Seven, 15 or 17? 16. So says, no, it's 5 and 11. Oh. So, so, like 17. so 17, yeah. Uh, Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson. Six and sixteen. Track eighteen coming up. No, six and twelve, sorry. Brian Tillman. Brian Tillman. So seven and twelve. Ready to track uh ready for track twenty? Yeah. I'm not sure. Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, shit. 7 and 13, are you ready? Okay, here we go. Last one. Track 21. Yep. Yep. Carlito? I never remember him using that. Uh, no. No, I don't. Alright. has 8 and 13. Well, I did make a comeback. You did, yeah, you did. Uh, you, you'll get it on Saturday. It's a bet when you see the show to a close. Very good. Alright, so fans, that is it. Another edition of the PNC Regression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio, he's Ben, and we will talk to you all uh, next Tuesday for the Post Money in the Bank show. Yes. Uh, not Saturday, Tuesday. I don't know why I was thinking Saturday. I mean, no, Saturday, Saturday is actually the Money in the Bank, so we have a nice break. Yeah. So, which, which is kind of cool because we've been working our asses off. Yeah. This is our third show in five days, people. Yeah, so enjoy Money in the Bank. We'll talk to you all on Tuesday night. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night to the fans, and thanks for hanging out with, with us for a landmark weekend of shows. <laughs>